Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Lisa. I'm a self-proclaimed psychotherapist. I uh, try to uh, find some insight into the, my guests when I'm talking to them that I can share with you. And we've got a really big show today. Uh, I'm actually, I have four artists, three for three solo shows in one gallery. That's right. And I am one of the artists. So you're going to be meeting the artists. We're going to be talking about the show and we're going to be talking about what you have to know, like how hard it is to have a solo show, get your, or maybe it is for me. Maybe it isn't for them. We'll find out. We'll find out. But anyway, um, I'm so glad about the election, right? That's going to ruin my psychology business, uh, but that's okay. I like it when people are happy. I like having a happy vibe out there. It was great, right, folks? It was so great. Good over evil. It happened. You know what, though? Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn, like we're we're a we're struggling now. And if you like listening to me or any of these shows. We have so much great programming here 24-7 at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. You should go to our website and, you know, you can donate um, under Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit and then that will ensure my, my longevity at the station. It will make people like, it will make people at the station like me. That would help. Um, but we do want to let you know about the city running tours, which we are uh, working with now. Um, they're offering their neighborhood running tours to discover the history of New York City neighbors while you're running. And they have 23 different tours of neighborhoods in Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. It's, they're offered seven days a week. And you should go to the website. I think it's such a great idea, don't you? Running tours where you can run, run with other people and actually like find out shit all at the same time and then maybe discuss it later. It's probably a great way to meet people. Um, I I don't think I'm going to be doing it because running's running. I like walking better. Uh, I'll just be, I'll just say it. I've got a bad back. So anyway, you should go to cityrunningtours.com. That's all three words together. And the tours is plural slash New York city, uh, to see the schedule and then book a tour. Okay, guys, you should do that. I think it's great. It's so nice out today. You should do it today. Okay. So anyway, I am really excited to have this match talent with me in one place. And I can't like, here's the thing. I can't believe that I am showing with people who are this accomplished. It's a, really, and um, so I'm going to, I'm going to present these. Okay. So, you know, me, I'm Dr. Lisa, but I make this artwork you know, under Lisa Levy and a lot of different things, but the work in this show that I've been focusing on with VSOP run by Gal with Jonathan Weisskopf of VSOP projects. That's the website, VSOPprojects.com. Okay, guys, 
DSOP, is the series of text paintings that I've been doing since 2011. Okay, so my character is I'm somebody that works in a lot of different mediums and performs and does a lot of things. This particular series is something I've been working on for a long time, um, and I make about a dozen painting, new paintings a year. So that's pretty much what, what I've been doing. Now, uh, Terry and um, Adam are both a team, and you guys are married. We wear rings, but we haven't gone through a ceremony. They have a baby. They have a child. How old is your child? She's three, three years old. Three years old. Okay. That they keep in a cage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that they keep in a cage in their studio. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I. It, it must be great to have, what's your child's name again? Tove. Tove? Tove, T-O-V-E. Tove, it must, is it, is it like, I'm sure there's a lot of work involved, but it must be kind of like a great fan. There must be something great about having your kid around all the time, right? Or it's amazing. Oh yeah. yeah. We see everything, her growth and her discoveries. And it's really wonderful to spend the day together. Oh, that's so cool. And she must, it must be so good for her. She must be so happy to have you guys around all the time. Right. I think she's into it. We, we've got some nice zones set up for her here. So it feels, we kind of joke that it's the Chowza Montessori school. Uh -huh. She's got a wet table and a sandbox and a reading zone and a big, you know, huge poster of drawing, drawing material to make big shapes. And it feels really nice to spend all this time together. And then obviously we have to pause and kind of change our rhythm from Previously, when before our, we had a child, so that our pace, we don't have to put as much pressure on ourselves to get it all done at once. We can take a break, be with her. Terry. Yeah, you worked it out. So the, here's a here's a couple that had a kid, an art studio, the whole thing, and they worked it out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna and you, I'm I'm gonna call you by your one name. What is it, Chiazzo? Ch Chauza. Chauza. So they have combined their names together into. Um, a unit called Chowza, which makes it easy for everybody. And I'm just going to call them that. Okay, guys. So I am presenting Chowza as the super hardcore professionals. Okay. So they probably, my guess is that they were working on other projects. They have a very robust studio practice and they make work for, uh, the Whitney Museum store, and they also made a really fabulous, I was so impressed by this, they did a set design for a collaboration between uh, Tiva and, uh, what am, why am I blanking on this? Tiva and the opening ceremony. Do you know what that is? That is so awesome. That's really like, that's a really, those are two very, that's a very creative collaboration. I actually own some of those shoes. Oh, yeah. So, so I am very impressed. I mean, so what I'm saying is they are very, very serious, dedicated artists, but they also have a very robust practice where they are making, uh, 
you know, commissioned work all the time. So I'm imagining that the show that they put together at VSOP, they were working on a lot of other things, but we'll see. So those guys are the hardcore, big studio. I'm going to call them the big studio people. And then we have Maggie. And Maggie, Maggie Aviolo, A-V-O-I-L-O. Avolio. Avolio. So Maggie uh, is a recent grad, a young woman. She's won tons of awards for her work, but she just got her MFA last year, 2019. So she's sort of somebody at the beginning of her art career, I would say, even though she's done incredibly, she's getting noticed. She has a big show with professionals. So, you know, at BSOP. So it's a pretty big deal. So let's go around. Okay, guys, you got all that. We got Chowza, we got Maggie and me. Okay, so it's three shows. I told you what my work is kind of like. And I'm going to tell you what uh, Chow. I'm going to just explain it really quickly, what their work is like. Their work explores play and craft across a range of media, including painted sculpture, installation, collage, photography, design, and public art. So the work, they actually, I think, play together. They have a very, the play, play, color. I can see why there's a kid in the room all the time is like their aesthetic. Their work is very free form, but perfectly crafted. And uh, just describe briefly the work in the show that, that you have, Chowza's. Um, yeah, the, it's a, from a series called Meander, the Meander series, I guess. It started as collages, so we call part of the series Meander Collages, where we kind of take a line for a walk and make a wiggle and a scribble, and it's a great way for two people to work on a two-dimensional object because we can share the, the line. Terry will make a mark, I'll react to her mark, and together we build this tangle um, and some we prefer more than others, but it's just a fun way to get an image out together. And then from that, there are sculptural iterations and wall hanging relief iterations that this shows. So when you make those drawings, do you know what's where, how it's the form that it's eventually going to take? No, we, the first one we did was or one of the first ones that's kind of most memorable we did is actually hanging up in the show. And we were at a, a diner in Alfred, New York when we were installing a show there. And we were just kind of waiting for food and drawing on the placemat with the crayons that they give you at the diner. And um, we sort of just set a general rule, which is like we go back and forth and one person draws a line, the other person builds off an existing line. And then whenever the lines cross, they kind of go under each other visually and um and then we just worked until the page was filled up and it felt like the drawing was finished um and that's some that's i think a good kind of picture a very simplified picture of the way that our process often goes where we kind of go in this back and forth way doing different steps of a process or building a composition together and collage lends itself well to that because you're not gluing anything down until the very end um, but that collage aspect, like Adam mentioned, has evolved into doing um, works on on um, like a painting, uh, pulp paintings, which we can talk about a little bit more later, 
Um, and also in this um, show, we're trying a new series evolving that meandering composition language with um, CNC wood shapes. Mm. So in the case what, of the CNC, it's a predetermined design. What does CNC wood shapes mean? Um, CNC is um, co computer numeric controlled uh, cutting, basically, where you have a design in a computer and a computer, uh, a, a cutting machine will cut the shape out um, exactly. And then we sort of assemble. Oh, it's so it's a computer that's hooked up to a cutting thing, so you can draw something and it translates into a cut object. It's like right. a, it's sort of closer. Like if you think of three D printing, it would be maybe in that. If you understand three yeah, D printing, printing, you could make an analogy there. Right. Instead of printing, mm -hmm. it's it's actually using a a bit to cut like you would a jigsaw, except it's a computer controlled Interesting. Jigsaw. Oh, that's an interesting tool. I've never heard of that. Now, Maggie, do you have a boyfriend or are you single? I do have a boyfriend, yes. Doesn't their relationship sound perfect to you though? <laughs> it does. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like, wow, they I got two <laughs> people and they're making art, like they're really making it together. Yeah, lots of connection. Is your boyfriend an artist? No, he's actually an engineer. Oh. Well, they're good at some, he'll be good at something. He'll, you'll figure out a way to make it work out. Um, so guys, how, Chowza, am I saying it right? I hope I am. Yeah, I think. Um, how, 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 how did, how did, have you been making, how long have you been together? You've been making art since the beginning? Pretty much. We met in 2011 at a karaoke bar in Chinatown singing songs and, I creeped mm -hmm. on a song Terry was singing and we went for a long walk and kissed a lot and have been together basically ever since. So did you, um, were you both artists when you met? Um, I was working in design. I studied architecture and was working at a design office, but I was sort of growing a little bit disillusioned with the limitations there. And I felt like I needed to branch out so when Adam and I met, I, I had probably just started calling myself an artist, um, but it was very new. I was doing kind of a lot of like planning and sketching and sort of like living experiments, um, but I hadn't necessarily, you know, I wouldn't say I was in the art. How, how did you wind up merging your practice into one? It started on early dates when we'd cook together in the kitchen and noticed that our rhythm in the kitchen felt really nice and we'd kind of like encourage or react to each other's silly ideas like let's make prints with our pancakes we love the way the pancake surface looks so let's put ink on it and see this little moon shape or this little petri dish and that was one of our first projects together was actually doing it I think like the thought is one thing but then to like on a sleepy morning be like yeah let's do that let's make the print and then it turned into some art and it, I think seeing a product from that playfulness was exciting and it made us want to do it more. Do you guys, um, like, it sounds like the way that you collaborate is very fluid, you know, without a lot of friction or tension. Is it really that good? Is it really like that? I'm so jealous of you. My husband and I argue all the time. <laughs> I'm probably a big jerk sometimes. Um, but it's, hopefully 
understood with respect and I, I get a little curmudgeon and critical in the process when I get frustrated and then it it usually mm -hmm. Terry will calm me down and be like do fine. you have roles like is Terry good at one thing and Adam's good at a different thing Adam's probably better at social media than me Oh, that doesn't involve the art. Adam's just a Adam. You have to do all the fucking social media. It's tough. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a skill. I think that's a fucking chore. I hate doing it. Yeah, yeah, it is exactly. And I'll well, Adam, I appreciate it. I hope. <laughs> um, okay, Maggie. Um, so let me tell you about Maggie's work. Um, Maggie's at the beginning of her career, but she's going to be a star. She's won all these awards already. It's Maggie. Did you, you're like one of those people that always like does well in school, right? Follows the rules. I, I, yeah, I did. You both. have a good relationship with your parents. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Okay. But you're definitely talented and hardworking and, um, and you know, nice. You know, she's not like successful and like a jerk about it or something. So anyway, I'm just going to say that her artwork uh, marries critical co concepts. So it's a combination of painting, sculpture and textile studies. And I and it, it has an ambiguous intersection between art industry and don't domesticity so what does that really mean maggie like your work like are you talking what are you talking about there women's it, it, issues it, it basically means that i'm working like my work is pretty layered so i'm interested in in separate issues within those like separate fields and somehow it like comes together in in a, like a fusion of ideas that so it's literally layered. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah. Some of it is. Some of so it. Here, here's what it looks like, guys. It's these really beautiful, large, kind of soft sculptures um, made out of, they're sort of hard to tell exactly how uh, Maggie made them and stuff like that, but they, they are, um, beautiful exciting and relaxing all at the same time um but so i just want to understand one thing because i'm having a hard time uh uh the intersection between art industry and domesticity so what is like are you what do you mean by domesticity for example like things that are in the house like like household objects and, and things so like one of the sculptures that's in this show it looks like a stack of books or it's like a stack of towels it, it, there, there's some sort of relationship but like, like with things that you are very familiar and comfortable with like in your home so so you're also, so you're talking about industry so are you talking about manufactured books versus what books well, feel like or industry part doesn't really come through as much in this work it was it's it more comes through in like a different body of work where i'm i'm thinking a lot about um like the weave of a canvas and picking apart the weave of a canvas and thinking about the manufacturing process of making that material um but the industrial part does come through a little bit in this work too because i'm working with 
uh, like three D printing. So I'm I'm using oh oh three D printing, which is like a nice relationship between the the CNC cutting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Terry, did you know that Terry and Adam? Did you know that uh, Maggie used three D printing by looking at her work? I think I recall you um, talking about that. Like you had designed some of the hanging devices. They had yeah. to be very specifically made. Yeah, exactly. So the material that the sculpture is actually made out of is this, it's called EVA foam. So it's this, it's soft, flexible sheets of foam. And then I like, I design and 3D print these clips and hanging devices, these like points of, of compression within the, the material. So that way it, it holds the shape that I want it to hold. And then yeah. That's so are you interested in like how things are made or textiles or, or fabric? I mean, the actual, like, is it, is it about the, the materials or is it about the, that society in some way or? It's, yeah, it's about both. I mean, I, I am always really interested in the materials and the physical like properties and limits within the materials. Um, but this new material that I'm working with now is actually very new. Like this work is, is super, super new. Like I just discovered this material before oh, wow. I was making sculptures that were similar to this, but with woven materials, like really thick industrial mm -hmm. strength mm -hmm. canvas and then painting that. So you have a real aesthetic about the, these materials. I mean, you're discovering materials, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say mm -hmm. that's a big part of my process. Cool. So guys, you get it. That's Chowza and Maggie. And, and now we're now we're moving on to the next part. I got to keep this moving. Jesus, these people are never going to we're all having it like a open house and they're not going to talk to me after that when we <laughs> when we all are together, I'm sure. But that's OK, because I'm I'm used to that, you know, um, I what one of my paintings, you know, says if I've never offended you, we're not that close. So there you go. Uh, but anyway, um, so I thought that it would be really interesting so that people could, because I thought it was just so interesting that like everybody's got these different practices and different ways of approaching it. We really all have like solo shows and, uh, unfortunately we're not going to be able to talk about Justin Horn, who is also with VSOP and curated this other it's four shows and he curated this fabulous small sculpture show that is just so brilliant and interesting and we could do the i could describe it to you and tell you about it but then we that would be it and so we're not going to do that right now but anyway so here's the idea the idea is is that i thought it would be really interesting if we all went through what we did what got us to and what we went through to put these particular solo shows together in this one place, like what each of our individual experiences were, because I imagine they were very different. And I think that it's really interesting. Like sometimes I feel like people, it's really easy for them to put a show together and it's not, or it's really hard, or they do feel pressure or they don't feel pressure or whatever. So as, uh, as and I guess just to start it off, I thought I would go first so you could sort of see what I meant. If in case there's some reason you, well, whatever. Since it's in my head, uh, 
So I'm going to tell you what I went through making this show. Uh, mostly, it was very painful. <laughs> no, till the end. First of all, I just want to say I am thrilled with this work. It's uh, all brand new work. And I feel like, you know, I've been doing this series of the thoughts in my head paintings, which are really just literally the thoughts in my head since 2011. And uh it's really hard to come up with new lines. And I came up with about 15 new lines for the show. And uh, I'm proud of that. Damn it. That's a big deal. I've never done that before. And I, when I look at all the lines, I'm happy with them. So I am happy with how it came out. Um, I guess I started working on it in early spring when Jonathan talked about the show. I use Jonathan a lot as a sounding board. I send him lists and stuff like that. But for me, it's all about the writing and the lists. And even though it doesn't seem like a lot of work, it's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of like constantly writing things down. I write things down all year, but it really ramps up when I'm getting ready to do a show. So the actual production time is pretty short, but the lead up to the production is months or, you know, it's a long process. So, um, and there's anxiety that I'm never going to get there. And sometimes I'm happier than others with the results. So there's a lot of pressure because you can tell right away. I know right away if I really like the work or not over, well, not right away, but you know, when it's all put together. So I actually started painting the backgrounds on a vacation in, um, when was that, in August. We went to Shelter Island and I brought all the materials. Uh, but I didn't have enough, and I, I didn't have enough worked out to finish them all. So I would say about a month before the show, I was really in the house. I work at home. I have a studio situation, sort of for like a month. And, um, you know, at one point I realized I had painted the painting all wrong, that I, a temporary is still permanent. Permanent is still temporary. And I actually painted the whole painting that said temporary, permanent, temporary is still permanent instead of permanent is still, and I had to go back and paint it over the whole painting. And then I went through a lot of angst because Jonathan asked for a 48 by 60 canvas and I've never made a canvas that big before. And it says, um, we, hu I, we hung this here to cover a hole, which is, it, that was his idea really. I mean, to me, I, I've had that painting, but he, his idea to make it that big and fill a whole wall with it, which is hilarious. And I loved how it came out, but I have to tell you, I have never made a painting that big. I went to this art store. So art supplies, you guys, art materials, you guys, Chowser, you guys use those, that place a lot, don't you? No? You don't know about it? On Meadow Street? Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. We've we've been in there. Yeah, you know. It's a really good store. Very professional. I but it's about a half a mile. Know, I always buy a new mechanical pencil every time I go there. I, feel I like love that store. And yeah. um, I trying to think of the woman that works there. She's, we're friends. I love her. She's great. She always is so positive and helpful. Um, shout out Soho Art 
art materials. But anyway, uh, and let's not forget artists and craftsmen in Williamsburg. Uh, that place is uh, it's a run. It's a uh, community or a employee run store. Fabulous. That's where, we go that's where you guys go. I love that place, too. We're really lucky. We've got great art stores here in Bushwick. Uh, so anyway, the thing is, I had a, I sort of had to and sort of did it as a challenge. So I carried that canvas, the 60 by 48 canvas, a half a mile home and up four flights of stairs just so I could feel good about myself. But it was really hard to paint it. I've never painted anything that big. And um, I was I, I kind of kept it to the end. I'm not sure why exactly, but it was really um, that was very stressful painting that canvas, even though it only had we hung this here to cover hull on it. So getting the, you know, I would say that was extraordinary for me. And also when Jonathan came to get the work, um, I insisted on carrying it down the stairs to his car because I felt like such ownership over that process and uh, achievement of like, I am woman, hear me roar. So I think you get the idea, right? That was my process, kind of work, working up to almost the last minute. But, it, you know, emotionally, that whole period and, and we were going through, you know, uh, the election thing and, the, you know, the protests and stuff. So emotionally, that was a very uh, intense, like it had, it left, I have a, a relationship, a memory with the process of making that particular show. And I actually feel relieved that I don't, I didn't realize how much pressure I had until about a week ago when I finally got everything done. I mean, everything, all the, you know, whatever. Okay. So, uh, you guys get that? You guys get that? Okay. So, uh, or no? Terry and Adam, uh, what was your process? What happened to you when you, when, when, uh, when, uh, Jonathan asked you to do it, like, would uh, you say? He actually, he reached out to us over the summer as well. And at the time we were quarantining in Vermont at a friend's apple orchard mm -hmm. and, um, it was, we were, you know, we had sort of a makeshift studio set up in, in the garage there and it was summertime. So it was really comfortable. Um, but we don't have, we didn't have like our usual studio set up and we were trying to think through different ideas of work at the time we thought we would be there through the fall. And so we were trying to think of work that we could make while in quarantine and in this, in this garage with limited supplies. And, um, at some point in the process, we were like kind of bending. We tried to stick like a metal um, sculpture wire through a long piece of foam. And we were trying like bending things. And there was this kind of ugly shape, noodly shape just floating around the garage for a while. And, and then it came up that we were actually going to return to New York sooner than we thought. So we uh, had to sort of put all of those, um, developments for the show on hold and when we got back honestly I think what the settling back into the city after having been away for five months uh took most of our focus and then when Jonathan reached back out in September I think 
I had almost forgotten about it, actually. We had to um, like remind ourselves of the we're whole like, flow. Oh yeah, this is what we were doing like, before oh, we left. Okay. Can I, I just want to say that. See, that's what I was imagining because you guys have such a robust studio practice that when you have a show, uh, it's got to fit in with everything else that you're, you know, making money at and involved, you know, you know, you've got a lot going on. You have a child and stuff. Whereas like for me, this was like, this was pretty much it besides this radio show and a couple little other projects, but yeah. So you had sort of, let me ask something. When you went to quarantine, did you, uh, plan on making art or what, what it what supplies did you bring what were you set up to do you you weren't you weren't set up to make this show right no we weren't set up to make really big stuff at the beginning um we mostly brought with us things that we could do sketching with like some painted panels paint brushes pads of paper did you have any assignments or deadlines during quarantine that when you prepared to go to Vermont, when you packed your stuff to go to Vermont, did you have stuff that you had to yeah. take with you? Yeah. That Did you have any work? Did you have stuff you had orders to fulfill or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. Um, we were just, actually just installed, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> just installed um, some windows for Hermes in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. Those were just recently installed. So through the entire, the conversations with them started pre-COVID. Um, and the, the content, we had proposals made um, and the idea was approved. And then after coronavirus came, the world changed and our relationship to joy changed and a lot of things changed. So yeah. the, the project changed and they're like, this isn't gonna fit the time right now. So let's shelf that idea and start fresh. Um, and then that took many, many back and forths. So when we were in Vermont, we were up late talking to Japan and trying to like hash out these window concepts while also trying to do our best to foster personal pet projects. Like the apple orchard that we were staying on had oh. wild, crazy Frankenstein trees, like graft yeah. apple trees that, um, the forms are now things that we're still studying and playing with in the studio. Maggie, I want their life. Doesn't that sound great? It does. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's nice to hear. <laughs> so you weren't, you weren't, but so as far, so you were stressed out, but mostly about the work you were doing for a big project that probably involved a lot of money and production in Tokyo, right? Um, yeah, I think there were a lot of, you know, we had also gotten some news that some public art projects we were planning to work on this year were being delayed. And there were some, we were in conversations with a couple different clients in China at the time when coronavirus hit in China. And so it was actually interesting to hear firsthand, you know, from people there, what was, what it was like. Um, obviously a lot of those projects also were delayed or canceled. And so there was a bit of stress, you know, with like things that we thought were happening and then everything had to change very quickly, like, mm -hmm. like for everybody. Right, so you were keeping the lights on. Uh, no, it's a crazy, I know, yeah, it's a crazy time. Uh, but what about uh, making the work for the show? So when you got back, uh, what, did, you come, did you come back to uh, New York for, what reason did you come back? Um, 
really the orchard picking season was starting at the orchard and they needed to start to get people on board who could keep the orchard. They needed your rooms. They need your, they, they kicked you out. You got kicked out. (laughs) You weren't useful. You weren't useful anymore. And they made you leave. I get it. Why should they keep you? Great friends. Amazingly. (laughs) Okay. So you, you got kicked out of apple orchard because you refused to pick apples because you were making art. I get it. That's so art. Maggie, isn't that like such a snob art thing, right? Oh, I'm not going to pick your apples. I've got my art. I have my fancy, fancy art show at BSOP Projects. I can't be helping you. So so you ditch your friends or they ditch you, whoever. So what you got back and so what? So you had to come back. And so how did the process go? Did it change what you were making? What did, how did that work out? How did that work out? What did you make? How did you make it? How long did it take for the show, for the show that's up now? You have one very large sculpture, which is stunning in the window. Did you have, did you make that? That was, that was made, uh, you know, I think in a month. Um, You made it, you made it for the show? Yeah. All of, the work was made for the show, except for the little placemat diner drawings. Kind of the origin story. And we included that just to show, here's where it all started and here's where we ta- have taken it thus far. Okay, so what was like the month before the show at at Chiazza? What was it like? Were it you guys crazy. running around like maniacs? Yeah, like four all night, three or four all-nighters in the same week, both of us. Um, so they were dancing with the child to try to keep her, make sure that she's getting sleep. Um, and it felt very lively and bright. It never felt like, oh, we're slugging through. Um, it was a lot of fun. And we were, I think we were so excited to be back in New York, feel this energy. Um, we missed you know, the initial darkness of being here. And then the kind of release of that and seeing people managing this and out in the streets and um, businesses starting to bring their restaurants out in the sidewalks. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Really yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, definitely. Studio, we, we really wanted to polish this place and attend. So I'm going to say that you guys kind of let it all slide to the last month and then work day and night. Is that right? That's exactly what happened. And then did you, and then did, when you were working day and night the last month, was it all on the show for VSOP where you focus on that most 90, let's say 80% of that, right? Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, it was mostly between that and a, a commissioned little diorama that we're working on still. Um, and there, you know, there's always little things, but. We spent it. the The studio was definitely filled with the work for VSOP, and okay. there's there's pulp paintings, um, or there's one pulp painting, two collages, two quite large collages that we built the frames for, also, and two large wood sculptures that are painted that we had CNC'd, but we did the rest here, and then the little um, the little frame uh, drawing, and so. Mm-hmm. All of those works, they're all different. They kind of all require different tables, mm. processes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of just kind of trying to. A lot of different things. A lot of different things. Okay. Maggie. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Jonathan came in and was like, 
you guys, this place is filled with stuff. We could have just shown the work you have. And this is something we tend to do is when there's a new opportunity afforded us, rather than try to match together a curated retrospective or anything, we're using it as an opportunity to make new work. So oh, so Jonathan would have been happy if you just put a couple things in a box and send them out. Probably. Apparently. Um, but you guys have high standards, obviously. So opportunity to experiment and have a see your work outside of the studio. And yeah. And the it's a growth that you had. I mean, you guys must be so happy with the work you made, right? Oh, yeah. The, the, the woodworks, like the one in the window. Yeah, is, that is spectacular. You see a lot of, you know, variations. In yeah. When I see that I'm in a show where that's in the window, I'm like, yes. All right. So yeah. I feel, yeah. Thanks for making that. <laughs> really looks good. Okay, Maggie, on to you. So what happened? You were, you were, your, your boyfriend, does your boyfriend live nearby? Uh, he actually lives with me. So, oh, okay. So he was around. What does he do all day? He, he works. He's an engineer. He, he works at Arizona Beverages, like Arizona Iced Tea. So was he in around, but like working from home? Um, well, for part of it. So I don't know, I guess I had sort of a, a similar story to Adam and Terry. Like I knew about this show, probably, I think Jonathan asked me about it in spring or maybe late winter or something of last year. Mm -hmm. So I, I knew that this was coming, but um, I had been planning on doing like a site specific, large canvas installation, something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but then COVID-19 happened and I ended up moving, I actually moved twice in like three months and what um, you were moving the whole time yeah it was a little is crazy. your studio do you work at home you live in new jersey of room you work at home right yeah yeah so i've got a little section of my my apartment that's dedicated as my studio space mm -hmm. so, very fortunate for that um but yeah so i i had to end up moving first i was in long island then we couldn't stay there anymore so i had moved back to my hometown and then did you move in with your parents tell me the truth well <laughs> she kind did of. i mean it was it, they have an apartment she's blushing you can't oh. see it guys but she's definitely oh she's, she, it was hard she's wearing this this purple top and it's all the one color now yeah i know so <laughs> cute though isn't she adorable you guys <laughs> You're gonna make now, that sounds so condescending i'm so old i can say that and get away with it go ahead so there was a bit of craziness in you know march through june where I didn't really know where things were going to end up and I didn't have a studio and, you know, were you nervous? How were you feeling? Were you, were you like worrying about getting work done? Were you like, Oh fuck, what am I going to do? Did you um, have another job? Were you doing like anything else? What are you well, going to, how are you going to make money? Are you, you're not going to make, you're not making money off this yet. Are you? My, my whole life kind of got turned upside down in March. I had a full-time job doing, I was the assistant director and a teacher at an art school. So I was doing that. Lost assistant that. director figures, authority and, figure. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I had to move back in with my parents basically. And yeah, so it, everything was up in the air. So mm -hmm. I was, I was just an anxious mess about everything. Oh. Um, but then finally we got settled in New Jersey 
and I could start to think about, you know, making art again. And then it seemed like three or four opportunities just sort of like piled up on each other. So I, I had like, what do you mean? What, what other opportunities? I had a couple of other shows. Um, I've, I, I did other shows. Time, like the same week that I installed this show at VSOP. I was also installing a show at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering uh, Cancer Center. So that, that was Ooh. like a solo show and I did a, an installation there. So, um, yeah, it was kind of like nothing for a while and then like everything full speed, like craziness for mm. about two months. So, oh, for like two months. Were you thinking like, did you know, like before all the moving what was going on, did you know what you were going to make or were you anxious about what you were going to make or? I mean, I didn't have a clear vision of what I was going to make, but my goal was to make it like site specific. So to basically be there in the space for a while and just make something that is like in that space. Mm -hmm. that so, so where like, did you actually make, did you make it there? No, because of travel restrictions and everything and trying to be socially distant. So then I had to change my approach and think about making more object-based things that I could mm -hmm. just hang on the wall. So I still, I'm a planner. And mm. so I made uh, like a little diorama of a model of the space, uh, oh. models of each of the sculptures and where they were going to go. And wow. Stuff. Are you impressed, guys? Chiazzo, you guys impressed? Yes. Yeah, I, I can see on your back wall some There's folded. A little, oh, yeah. There's a couple of models back there, too. So that's, I mean, that's basically what I would Wow. Do. I'm impressed. The material and just. Wow. So you did that? Mm -hmm. And then it was like a mad dash to actually make it full scale. So I figured out like all of the logistics of what it was going to look like in this model and then just had to blow it up to full scale. So, ah. yeah. So the, the actual production of the real sculptures that are in the show, I think it took like three weeks of like nonstop doing it. Um, but I had already like figured everything out. So it was just a matter of executing it. So you knew exactly what it was going to look like, uh, to a certain, or, extent. you know, like enough where you weren't. So, you, so enough. when it got to the execution, you weren't nervous about it. Oh, no, I was, <laughs> I was very nervous because, um, things always go differently than planned when you increase scale, at least for me, because the material just acts so differently because of gravity and weight and just so what out. was the most anxious what was the worst thing that happened let's hear it oh um well uh, by the way the work is so um beautiful and and like smooth and and so you know what flowing that you can't imagine there's any bumps in the process folks it doesn't it looks it looks magic so <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, this is I, real. This is really what it's like. That's what I'm saying. So, what was the worst thing that happened? Well, m one of the things that happened was um, there's one piece where there's two 3D printed elements that are attached to the wall, and then inside those two 3D printed elements, um, there's this like folded foam column, basically. Mm -hmm. It's like folded over each other column. And 
I had not actually put that together in my studio because my studio is literally like one small wall and I didn't have enough space. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had it all planned out, but I didn't put it together until I was actually in the gallery. And then it started to, like once I put the foam inside, it started to bulge out in ways that I didn't expect it to. So I I was really nervous about that, um, but it, it ended up being okay. We so you did you learn something? You fixed that to your satisfaction. Yeah, I think uh, if yeah. I were to do that piece again, I would I would redesign some elements to make it a little bit easier. But it was definitely a learning experience. But that you, one. but that was like, was there a point where you're like, I'm not going to be able to do this? Oh fuck. Oh no. yeah, <laughs> there was okay. Well, I mean not at the gallery but before when in the planning stage like yeah. with the model and everything i i probably hit that point like three times uh, <laughs> i have no idea, uh, okay. no idea. so you know what we only have 10 minutes can you believe that this sucks that's not enough time to really do do this but um i want to end a couple minutes early so i can plug everybody's work in the radio station but let's just quickly uh talk about what surprise like we've all seen each other's work and stuff like that and uh i just want to know like what surprised us all about each other's work process um like uh chiazzo i was surprised that you guys sort of well i can't imagine staying up all night like i can't believe you did that do that and um, I'm also really impressed by how smoothly your whole business runs. I mean, it, it, or it seems, you know, and that um, I'm also really impressed that you made all new work, even though you didn't need to, but you wanted to. And um, picturing you guys putting that together, staying up all night at the last minute is something that I I pictured you working it, working on it on the side while you're working with everything else and getting it done perfectly on time. Okay. And um, Maggie, I'm surprised that you work on a small scale and that it actually seems easier in a certain way than I thought, because you're not wrestling with those big things all the time. There you go. Okay. Um, since I've been, let's go the other way, Maggie. So what surprised you about what you heard today? Um, well, I, I really enjoyed your story, Lisa, about like dragging the gigantic 60 inch canvas half a mile and up the stairs and down the stairs. I think just you talking about like the physicality of that. I, I wanted to like ask about the physicality of painting too, like the act of painting and how that relates to you know, the thoughts in your head and, and the the actual words that you're putting on it. I feel like there is a connection there. And I was wondering if, you know, can you- I love the painting, but it's what I love about it is there's not a lot of pressure. It's kind of done mm-hmm. and I'm making like it, it. It's kind of the way you work a little bit. Like it's yeah. something I enjoy doing. And I really did paint a lot in college and those years. And so uh, it takes me back to that. And that's what I I enjoy the, I enjoy actually making the thing, but yeah. I don't find it. I find it most, most of the time it's relaxing. It's not stressful, that part. That's good. And, um, and then with Adam and Terry, I think. I mean, 
just the whole Is it hard to imagine? I mean, you're a young lady. I mean, I've been to a lot of studios, artist studios at this point. Is it hard to imagine an art studio being run as a business for you? Have you seen a I lot mean, of that? That's the dream, right? I mean, that's Yeah, but have you seen, like, have you been, I don't know, you know, have you seen a lot of those studios? Um, like in person? Yeah. Not, no. No, not really. So maybe it's hard to even imagine, like, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine the, the literal, like literally how they do it and stuff. But I think mm -hmm. that, um, I think that their practice has a, um, it, it seems very like sophisticated in that it's very, you know, organized and run like a real, you Running know, like a real business. So like they have all the things there and all that other stuff and how, and they also have a kid and a great relationship. I can't picture it either. I can't picture it either. <laughs> okay. You guys, Chowza, what did you learn today or what surprised you? Let's start well, it that way. I, when I see your paintings, I, I can almost feel, and when, and thinking about your process, we didn't talk a lot about, and maybe you can answer this later, but how you get the words organized on the, on the canvas because it, it's so effortlessly centered and spaced in a way that feels like it's where it's supposed to be mm -hmm. but to get those words there I would I wouldn't be able to control I would have you, to use that seems hard to you yeah. okay so uh you know I was an art director for you know over 25 years this is my second career so, or if you call it a career, but I really did have a career. So I am, uh, as an art director, so I am, you know, really comfortable with text. And there is like a way of putting the text. I do print out the text and then I put it on the canvas. Okay. So it's, and I, I am good at measuring things by eye. I kind of center it usually by eye and stuff like that. So, but I do have a lot of experience with text for sure. And um, it's not hard for me. That's not hard at all. But I'm glad it looks like it's, e that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Well, and then to go from the small one, small ones to the large one, and if there doesn't, we don't miss a beat with the, the scale of the font. It feels. Well, I will say that really large one was hard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I printed that out a bunch of times. I looked at it a bunch of times. Um, but, you know, I I have, um, I feel like, especially this year, I usually make a dozen paintings a year about. And this year I felt very, very comfortable with the process. I was happy about that. Um, the bigger paintings were a little more of a challenge, but, you know, I've, I used to work on very corp a lot of corporate ads with very long, you know, I've always worked with long copy and headlines and stuff like that. So um, the text feels, you know, I'm comfortable with that. Right. Another thing that strikes me is to think of that this painting is covering a hole in the wall as a small piece would then be a small hole. But now that it's a big piece, that hole, I could like crawl through yeah, it. Be a portal. And I, I kind of want to. I wonder if that could be part of the piece in the future as you really mess with the gallery 
operators and be like, I need to cut a hole in your wall. Oh, yeah, just do it. Yeah, that that was Jonathan's <laughs> idea to make it that big. I want to give him credit. But um, yeah, I know that's a funny painting. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that I, one thing that um, surprised me about Maggie's work, I really, well, I, in person, I really love the visual quality. I feel like there's this very beautiful kind of intuitive, soft geometry that just uh, makes sense, you know? So absolutely. When you it, it totally just like melts with your brain. And it was nice to hear your references about some of the inspirations for the forms where you're thinking of domestic objects like a stack of books or a pile of towels. And to play with that sense of familiarity because I do like in person it, without having known that when I experienced the work um, in person, it feels, it there is that comfort. And I think it when you see it because I think it does feel familiar even though you've never seen it like that before in that material. Mm, I like that. I like that. I agree with that. So, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to cut you guys all off and get to the important part where people can see this work and stuff like that. This was so fun. I, I, I'm glad that um, I'm getting to know you guys a little bit just through doing the show together. This is guys. That's another thing about being an artist. You get to meet other artists. That's another thing that's great about the show. So um, the most important thing you should remember is VSOPprojects.com. It's at three, you can see all this work and more there at 311 Front Street. And it's in Greenport, Long Island. Come out for a weekend. Come out on Saturday. The show's up to November 22nd. But if you come on Saturday and Sunday, November 21st and 22nd, from 11 to 6, you can meet us. There's an open house, and we will be there. So you can meet all of us. Um, and you should also go and check out uh, Chiazzo's work at eternitystew.com. That might be another episode. And at, their, at the Instagram, C-H-I-A-Z-Z. C-H-I-A-O-Z-Z-A. That's on Instagram. They've got a great Instagram. And then um, Maggie, you can s learn more about Maggie and see her work at MaggieAvilola.com. M-A-G-G-I-E-A-V-O-L-I-O-A. -G -G -E -O -O Thank you so much for being here. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Um, look at what we're doing. Listen in. Give us some donations. And, um, you know, I'm here every Thursday, 2 to 3. And uh, you can, uh, anything you need to know, uh, just send me an email or whatever you want, okay? So thanks again. And stick around. Great programming this afternoon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.